I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so, so thrilled to have my next guest on, Adina Kamkachi, who is the designer and co-founder of Adina Eden. And Adina Eden is just the coolest company. You're going to be so excited to hear about it. You have probably seen some of the amazing, amazing jewelry that some celebrities, maybe you've seen some of them wearing it. You've seen it in uh, People Magazine and some of the other places that cover celebrities from Ariana Grande to Billie Eilish to Haley Baldwin, all of these different people that are doing amazing, amazing work are wearing Adina Eden jewels. So you will absolutely love the backstory. I'll give you a little snippet of it. Her brother, Mayer, used $1,000 together of their savings to start this jewelry business. And once started, they were making jewelry at their parents' kitchen table initially, but now it's become a multi-million dollar jewelry company, as I mentioned, with a huge cult following. And the lessons that she has learned along the way, I'm sure we are going to hear a lot more about it. But just overall, just everything that she's learned about being an entrepreneur, they're still self-funded, I think, as well. So we're going to learn so much in this episode. So welcome, Medina. Hi, thank you for having me. Super excited to have you here. I should also mention, I think you were uh, not very old when you started this company too, right? You were <laughs> uh, you were just getting started. So we've had a few people that have started companies that have just gone out and done it, which I'm sure that that's probably a little bit about your backstory. But let's start kind of at the beginning of when you were starting Adina Eden. Can you share back in... 2015, I guess, when you started, what kind of gave you the idea that you wanted to go and do this? So I really always had a passion for jewelry. Um, To me, jewelry was the accessory that really tied in any outfit together and was just like the perfect piece to just, you know, make you feel better about yourself. It gave me a lot of confidence. So Growing up, I was very overweight. Um, I didn't have many friends and I was actually bullied pretty severely in school. And Mm -hmm. so for me, jewelry was my really only way to feel like I connected with my peers because I couldn't necessarily wear the same clothes as them. um, And I couldn't really fit into the same styles that they were wearing. But for me, jewelry was something that we could all wear and it was pretty universal. Um, And I felt like it was inclusive. And so I always loved jewelry. I was always, you know, attracted to that glitzy look that took a very basic outfit and just gave it a full 180, you know, spin. And so I just found myself more and more veering towards 
fashion and jewelry trends. And as I started to kind of get my life together, I got healthier, lost a lot of weight. um, And I started feeling really good about myself and wearing jewelry just made me feel even better. Um, And so when I had to start to pay through college on my own, I figured, you know, why go work for someone else? when I can do what I love and what I'm passionate about. And so this little side hustle began. And before I knew it, the designs were just getting more intricate and more intricate. I was expanding. Word of mouth was, I mean, it still is amazing. And it kind of really got me to reach many, many customers. Um, And that kind of gave me the idea of let's go online. Let's start an e-commerce business. Um, That's when I got my brother Meyer involved. And before we knew it, we were reaching out to influencers, to stylists, to publicists. We were getting our jewelry everywhere. And, you know, there was a very big Instagram boom at the time. And we kind of rode that wave uh, for as long as we possibly could. And before we knew it, we had, you know, this massive following, this major customer base. And we took a business that started off in my parents' basement all the way to being the full-time gig um, that we are today um, in an office, you know, in a 6,000 square foot office. And, um, it's been a ride of a lifetime. So wait a minute. You were 19 years old when you started. I was actually 18 oh and a half. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, I was going into my third semester of college, um, and it was just crazy. I, I never in my life thought that I'd get to this point. I really just looked at it as a side hustle, as something to do to get to get by, to get through the hours um, of my schedule that I was free. And one thing led to another. And here we are today. So did you know people in the jewelry business? How did you like think that you could start? How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are 5 to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
no English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. So I didn't know anyone in the jewelry business. And I was also, you know, being so young, I was afraid to ask people, you know, like, oh, where should I go? Where, like, who can help me? Um, so I did a lot of it on my own. Mm -hmm. But really, when I first, first started, my mom went with me to 47th Street which is the, you know, basically Diamond District in New York. We went to some bead shops and I bought beads. I bought pearls. I mean, at the time, that's what was very, you know, in. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, watched some videos on YouTube, 
learned how to, you know, start a necklace, start a bracelet, how to close a a bracelet, how to close a necklace. And I would do all different designs. Um, And it really started by making pieces for myself that I would wear. And I always wanted to be the ambassador to my own brand, because at the end of the day, if you don't stand behind your product, then, you know, what are you really doing? Um, And so I would make my own pieces. People would see it on me, whether it was in college, whether it was from my community. And I started attending trunk shows, making pieces for those shows. And it just spread like wildfire. Like people knew that it was handmade. They loved that. They felt like they were supporting this young woman, like this young woman slash girl, you know, who's trying to make a name for herself. And that's just how it happened. I mean, my parents were immigrants. They are immigrants. Um, They always worked for people and they were, you know, they were mistreated their entire lives for not being American for not having the language on their side or the culture on their side. And I wanted to change that for my future because I saw my parents living paycheck to paycheck their entire lives with no savings, with 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 nothing really. And I didn't want that for myself. I felt they sacrificed so much to come here. The least I can do is start a business that could one day employ all of my siblings and my parents too and and take us to that, you know, kind of give back to them in a way that, you know, opening a business can, you know, and That's very sweet. Um, I think at the end of the day, my brother and I were so driven by that passion as well of really the gratitude and appreciation to my parents and like show them that we acknowledged everything that they've done for us. Um, and so today it's just, it's a real family business and it's amazing. That's so great. So do your parents work in the business as well? So my parents don't work in the business. My, all of my siblings do many of my cousins do. So really like the entire family. Um, but my parents are our advisors. They have a lot of experience under their belt. They've been through many, many different, you know, things that happened in life, um, very different experiences. They've seen many characters. So they kind of help us with with a lot of, of, you know, just like the advice of should we do this? Should we not? You know, whenever we're on the fence about something, they're the first people that we, you know, pick up the phone and call and kind of hear what they have to say. So interesting. So you're creating jewelry in the early days. And how did you actually get it out to influencers? You talked a little bit about Instagram and how that really helped you to build your company. But do you remember kind of the first person that really was uh, kind of celebrity status, I guess, is the best way to describe it, that really paid attention and and kind of helped you? Yes. So when when I first started Adina's on Instagram, there was no DM, there was no Instagram stories, there was none of that. So really, we were more focused on our community and like, you know, people like that was in the New York, Brooklyn area. Once Instagram introduced direct messaging, which is, you know, Instagram DMs, um, we started to reach out to influencers, just, you know, just messaging them like, hi, I love what you do. I'm a very big fan or supporter of, of everything that you stand for. And I would love to gift you some of our jewelry. No pressure on posting or tagging or any of that. But I think so many of them saw how small we were. And I feel like they knew that they had that power to actually help us Mm -hmm. um, and build something with us. 
many of them were still small at the time, you know, so we built relationships with them from early on in their careers and we kind of grew together. So it's so amazing to see someone that we used to message when they had a hundred thousand followers who today have five, 10 million followers and their relationship still stands when they go away, when they have a photo shoot, they immediately reach out to us for jewelry, for pieces, for styling. And we do it because we actually love them. And I've built personal relationships with so many of them being that we're pretty much the same age. So it was just amazing how it all happened. And to one, to name one specific person that really, really kind of cared for us from the beginning and looked out for us, um, Madison Beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's a singer. And we kind of reached out to her very nonchalantly. And she's like, absolutely, send me over pieces. I can't guarantee anything, but, you know, I'll definitely wear it. And she did a full post tagging us. And if I tell you that overnight we gained tens of thousands of followers, orders were flowing into the site, like our site almost crashed. It was amazing. I think that's what really set off, you know, that like, this is a legitimate brand. They're not going to scam you. If you order on their website, you're going to get what you've ordered. And it, it kind of got a lot of people to reach out to us. And then we got a lot of press. And before we knew it, it was just uphill from there. That's so great. Would you do it the same way today in terms of building a company if you were starting today knowing what you knew? Because when you started in 2015, you know, Instagram was a little bit different. I mean, it's still a great platform. But do you think that there's other places if you were starting a company today that maybe you would do something similar? Yeah. So I think when we when I first, you know, in 2015, when I made the Instagram account, people weren't doing Instagram for business. It was very like sunset pictures outfit pictures, you know, food pictures. It was not business. Mm -hmm. Like there was no business on Instagram really trying to sell a product through Instagram. I had my phone number literally listed on in, in our bio so that people could call or text me to order what they were looking at or like the pieces that I was posting. And from, I think that was a very different approach at the time because many people were not used to that. And I think it kind of started this trend of like, we should be promoting our product on Instagram because it's really your, your showroom to the world. You know, I um, love that. today though, if I were to start a new business, Instagram and like social media, I think in general is a very big part of it. However, I'd probably veer more towards TikTok hmm. to kind of get that initial, you know, big blow up. Like, because on TikTok, really things can go viral. I know it sounds crazy and a lot of times you don't go viral, but those few videos that do go viral can really set you up for success in the long run. And it helps legitimize not only what you do, but it, it kind of gets the story out there in a way that people understand and in a way that people relate to much more than Instagram. Because as opposed to just sharing a picture, you're actually explaining what you do, explaining why you do it, why you love what you do. And you're showing the full process. You're being very organic and candid to the viewers. And I think that, that goes a very long way nowadays because people today, customers, they want to know where their money is going, totally. who they're supporting. 
because I'm not looking to just buy a necklace for a one-time wear. I want to support something bigger behind it. And that's why today we try to explain to everyone that I do what I do to instill confidence in the people that wear my jewelry so that when you put on this earring or this necklace, you feel like you could take on the world and there is no stopping you. Even if you can't wear the Armani suit that your colleague is wearing. But when you wear this necklace, you feel just as powerful, just as acknowledged, and that you can do anything you set your mind to. I think once you explain that to the customer, it's a very different approach and it's a very different experience for them when they're buying your pieces. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. So I think there's probably a lot of people who do know your story why you started the company and some of the things that you've been sharing. But there's probably a lot of people that don't know the story as well, Correct. that just love wearing beautiful uh, jewels. <laughs> and and maybe they saw Billie Eilish wearing it and they wanted to wear something that she was wearing. But I think it is true that I think you have to have a great product or service first and foremost. You can't have some crappy thing, um, you know, that you're selling to people because that'll backfire. But I do think that people want to know the backstory and founder stories are so important. And um, clearly, at Hint, uh, the company that I grew, we've seen that over and over again, too. But I, I really think that that's so important. So funding a company, especially for a female entrepreneur today, can be super tricky. Not impossible, but really, really uh, hard for so many, and especially in today's day and age. You haven't taken any funding, correct? You've self-funded it. So how did you afford things like inventory and things that you needed to afford in order to actually get your product ready? to be able to be sold? So this is a little bit of a secret, but basically when we first started and when we really couldn't afford to buy inventory, Mm -hmm. I would buy a very small inventory and I would fake the inventory on many of the items. And as the orders would come in, you know, a guaranteed sale, I would then go out and make that product or, you know, reach out to my vendors and get that product. You sometimes have to fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not always about, you know, going by the rules, going by the rules. You can play around a little bit, especially when it's your business and when you're very passionate about what you do and you're willing to go to the end of the world to make a customer happy you know, you don't have to spread yourself out so thin. Mm -hmm. And so when I felt like we were expanding in a way that was much greater than what we could afford, we kind of learned where to take certain steps back so that we could continue to be self-funded. I didn't take a salary. My brother and I did not take a salary for the first four years, which is pretty crazy. You know, we were living at home with our parents. We're a part of the Jewish community. So for us, it's very standard to not leave your parents home until you get married. Uh, We were both single. So we were living at home, rent free, uh, no expenses whatsoever, except for, you know, going out with friends. And so we lived a very humble lifestyle so that we could get to the next level. And we reinvested everything back into our business because we knew that in the beginning years, in the first few years, it's every dollar counts. The more you could put into the business, the stronger and the bigger you'll grow and the faster you'll grow. And so we focused all our time on that. We had we hadn't hired anyone. We were doing the phone calls, the customer service, the Instagram, the pictures, the photo shoots, uploading product, descriptions, pricing. 
I mean, you name it, we did it all from A to Z. We didn't hire anyone. So imagine 100% of what was coming in was being reinvested into the business. Yes, we were buying inventory. Sometimes we had to run to 47th Street and see if we can get something from a local vendor to fulfill an order. But those were the best days because everything was just so on the fly and there was no... There was no rules. There was no rules today. It's like, I can't do specific things because my team will kill me because that's not how we do things anymore. But back in the day, it was just like, just get the sale and then deal with it after, you know, how to make it happen. And every time we were able to make it work, it was amazing to see how it just grew one after the other. It just grew and It was like a snowball effect, really. I was just going to say, I think that that must have been really surprising for you that you could do that and and build the company. What has been kind of probably one of the biggest challenges in growing the business for you? Obviously, you started in 2015. You've weathered uh, the storm of, of COVID. I mean, what has been kind of the probably the most challenging thing that maybe you didn't expect as an entrepreneur? I think the most challenging thing was hiring the right team. I think people don't realize how much one employee can change a company um, for the good and for the bad, um, unfortunately, to say that. But, you know, hiring the right team that's both loyal and also capable is very hard. And being that we were so young and we were hiring people, you know, that was we're, we're our age, a little bit older, a little bit younger. We thought, you know, hire from within and it'll take you places. It'll, you know, you're paying less of a salary. As we kind of started to, you know, hire and fire and then fire and hire, we realized that it was extremely important to have people on your side who believe in what you're doing who believe in the product and who are going to essentially treat the business like it's their business too. To find that nowadays is, I can't even tell you how hard, but when you do find that one, you know, hidden gem, hold on to them for as long as possible and, and, and make them happy. You know, my parents always taught us to treat everyone equally and to treat, especially to treat our employees like their equals, because my parents have been put down so much in their work and, and just in their life in general. And coming from their experience and hearing what they've told us over the years, to me, my employees are my family. I treat them as good as I would treat, you know, my cousin who works here too, you know, or my siblings. It's, it's a community, it's a family. And at the end of the day, it's one of the most challenging things because when you are still a small business internally, any person that you bring onto the team, you're going to feel the difference. And when that dif- when that difference is a good thing and you feel like this person is bringing so much to the table, it's absolutely amazing. And it like regenerates that passion and that drive. However, when it's someone who's negative and who, let's say, does not have your best interests at heart and is there just to kind of, you know, learn more about you and then go and open up the same business on after they leave, 
that's when it's very tough. And I've seen that happen a lot. And as young entrepreneurs, we've been taken advantage of so, so much. And we've been disrespected because because people think that we're young. So what do we know better? But we do know better. And we've educated ourselves and we've learned so much. And we've spent days and nights just learning how to do things because there was no one to ask to help us. And I think it's really, it's a very big challenge. And I think today even, we still are so invested in the business because sometimes there simply isn't anyone who can do what we do. Yeah, well, I think a lot of what you're talking about is as a founder is that you have a totally different perspective and value to the company that I'm such a huge believer in. But also, you know, hiring employees, it's no one's going to care as much as you. I mean, that's even if they're family, this is your idea and and your brothers and it's your dream to go and make this happen. But I think that it's something that I learned along the way. You care way more um, and you will always care way more than other people that have joined you to support you along the way. So you've taken your brand online to uh, retail partners. You're now in a lot of stores. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? How did you decide, first of all, to make that happen? But how exciting for you that you've, uh, you're have you in, I read Neiman Marcus and a lot of other places, but I'd love to hear more about that. So, you know, I think, I think one thing that I really learned um, out of everything that I do is sometimes certain opportunities fall into your lap. And even if you're not necessarily ready for it, do it because you do not know when that opportunity is going to arise again. And basically a wholesale partner reached out out of nowhere um, and said, hi, I've, you popped up on my Instagram feed and I you know, went into your profile. I love your products. I think it would work really well on our site with our customers. And I'd love to you know, have a meeting with you guys and set something up and see where we can take it from there. We knew we were logistically not ready for it. Um, we didn't have a team big enough for it, but we said, this is an opportunity that can take us to the next level. At this point, we were 100% online. Um, we never even thought about doing wholesale. We never thought about going brick and mortar. We said, let's test it out and see what happens. So we had the meeting. It went extremely well, started selling the goods. They sold out in one weekend. And then before we knew it, tons of other brands were reaching out. We'd love to have your product on our site. Can you show us some exclusive pieces, et cetera? And before we knew it, we had five wholesale partners and then 10 wholesale partners and then 15. And it just continued to grow. And I think if it wasn't for that moment where we said, we'll take on the extra hours, we'll take on the workload, we'll do what we have to do to make this work. If it weren't for that, I don't, I don't think we would have you know, expanded so much in that realm of wholesale. Is it a totally different business than, than what you're doing direct, you know, one-to-one consumers and, and it's, it's a lot of, you know, guidelines. There's a lot of different specific things that you have to do for each company. Again, they're each incorporation is a different entity completely. So they do things differently. They receive merchandise differently. They order differently. They use different systems. So it's like getting used to all of that and having an entire team just to deal with shipping goods out properly and bagging them properly, you know, displaying them properly. It's a whole other world. 
but it's absolutely amazing. Also, we show our pieces before we show it to anyone else. We show it to them first. So it's like before it's even available to purchase, we're already showing them the catalog. It's amazing. And it, it opens you up to a different world of opportunity. It also gets more eyeballs out there for you. It, it gets You get their customer base coming to your site as well. When they're, when they're looking for something specific that they don't find there, they're looking for it on your website. So you're not doing private label. You're actually actually doing a brand as well, which it's, is great. Yes, we're selling as our brand. Yes. And so, um, and private labeling, I'm sure is something that we're going to get into eventually. But for now, we're still so set on Adina Eden that it's just like, this is who we are. This is what we can give you. And, you know, and that's what it is. What is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice that I've ever received. It's a tough one. So when I first started, like I said, we were very, very invested in the business and it was like our whole entire life. But one day we met with um, with this professor from Baruch College who my brother Meyer um, happened to, he happened to have been his professor. Um, and we met with him after just for advice and, and to kind of like, you know, chew his ear off. And um, he told me something excellent. And he said, to be a successful leader you have to understand that you cannot do everything 100%. You can delegate. You can touch every aspect of your business in one way or another. But for you to completely immerse yourself and think that you can do it all will never work. Beside for the fact that you're going to burn out, you'll end up being trapped in this life forever and you'll never have a life. So you'll make all this money, but what are you spending it on? What are you enjoying with it? And so I kind of took that to heart because I knew at the time that I, I wasn't delegating. I was just like, okay, you can't do this. I'll just do it myself. Or you made a mistake, just leave it. I'm going to do it all and just like stay here till midnight and finish it. And he kind of got me thinking, you know, you're going to burn out. And if you're not on your A game, Adina Eden is not on its A game. And so that's what kind of helped me start to like, read and learn how to to be a delegator because the truth is a, a real leader has to accept that they need a team behind them. Sure. And I thought I could always do it by myself. And I think my brother also thought, you know, he's like, we just need each other. And I was like, for sure. But to a certain extent, you do need a team. Yeah. And, and I you- think from that point on, we took it very seriously to hire right and to allow our employees to make mistakes, allow them to fall, allow them to fail and show them the right way and trust that they are going to do it right. That's what took us to yet the next part of our business. And that was the growth that needed to happen without us being so immersed in everything else, because we were able to focus on how to grow the business in other areas and other aspects, while our team dealt with what, you know, we were previously dealing with that takes hours and days and weeks to do. So that was definitely the best advice I I received. I love it. Well, everybody's got to check out Adina Eden. If they don't know what it is, they have to purchase, get those orders in soon for the holidays, for sure. Thank you so much, Adina, for joining us. We'll have everything in the show notes as well with information on connecting with you and also with the site. But I really appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit more about the company and your journey and your why and the lessons. So goodbye for now. 
Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.